0: Entering the DGDC. You ready for a deep dive? And one get most of the crap. Can't believe I said that.
1: I've been doing this since 2008. What the fuck do I know? Drawing
0: hands is like Kryptonite. <laughs> 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 loading up elbow logos. Yeah, uh, welcome <laughs>
2: to the show. <laughs>
0: Welcome to the DGDC, a united team of design professionals, creatively bound to bring unique inspiration and a common perspectives. You can email us listener questions or topic ideas to hello at dgdcpod.com or check out our website, dgdcpod.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram or Twitter at DGDCPod. Plus now you can join in on the conversation. We have a Discord channel. Just pop onto our website and hit the community tab at the top. Now, on with the show. The DGDC is brought to you by our friends at Type Together. Type Mm. Together is an independent type foundry that creates award winning fonts for digital and print editorial use. Through their unique, diverse, and curated platform, Type Together delivers innovative and stylish solutions to the greatest problems in the professional typography market.
2: I, I genuinely use TypeTogether, right? And, and, I, and I, I do a lot of branding and packaging work, and I'm continuously on the hunt for, like, good font foundries. And I purchased a number of TypeTogether fonts at this point, and all have gone on to do great and heroic things. <laughs> but, like, just last week, I bought their font called uh, Lema, which it's this awesome, funky, stenciled, calligraphy font that i would never seen anything like it and it's currently in my proposal deck for a new project coming up right now.
0: Look how fast that worked.
2: It, yeah, man. I mean, you want the, the distinction in quality is so important when it comes to font foundries. And I think Type Together is like a really good resource if people aren't checking them out already. I know.
0: We both kind of fangirled over that font the minute we saw it.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. I know. I had to have it.
0: <laughs> Not only do they offer an extensive and fast-growing catalog of fonts to purchase, they also develop custom font families for clients looking to add distinct advantages to their brands. And past clients included like Apple and Google Levi's. MPK Peru and Twinkle which is to say these guys know what they're doing and for me if it's good enough for Tim Cook I mean come on I'll be fine <laughs>
2: Yeah yeah <laughs> and I take comfort in knowing one like they are producing quality fonts you know you can get your fonts from some you know back alley corner of the you know web but ultimately they're not being tested they're not you know thinking legibility first and and, and there's comfort in knowing you know, these guys put the fonts through the test. They collaborate with designers and developers from beginning stages, allowing their fonts to make sure that they're gonna read in advertising or typesetting or font-matching strategies, selections, customization. They're they're testing for everything that we do. And so having that built into this purchase is, is I mean, for me, it's just a no-brainer. It's yeah. less work on my end.
0: Yeah. And they're one of the only ones that still continue to print catalogs and do things to make sure that it's kind of working the same way we would use it. And yeah. in addition, they offer random free ones all over their website. So you know what I mean? It's like when they do that, that's showing some commitment to the designer. But on top of the free ones that they will offer to you guys, here's the deal. Type Together <laughs> has done something really, really great for us. If you use the code DGDC fonts you will get 40% off 40% off any of the fonts that you purchase from their catalog. The offer is available now until October 15th, so don't miss it.
2: That's right. Go to typetogether.com. That's type-together.com. You can use our code exclusive for DGDC listeners. Uh, it's DGDC fonts uh, and you can get 40% off any font in their catalog, which I am Definitely going to use (laughs) this offer again is now available until October 15th. So definitely don't miss that.
0: And as a special bonus too, if you go into the show notes anywhere, we've posted this and we'll have it on our site as well. You can download a complete free bundle of 17 fonts for absolutely free. And we have a challenge that you'll hear at the end of the episode that we hope you participate in. Well, it's going to be a great thing to kind of try out and mess around with some of these fonts.
2: Yeah. So take advantage of all this. I mean, we specifically partnered with type together for this episode for this promotion. Um, And I think, I think, I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited to see how people use the fonts. I'm excited for people to find another great resource in, in this awesome partnership that we have going
0: yeah, on. Yeah, I would say bookmark them now. Take a look at their blog. They put out some really great stuff that all designers should know. And we couldn't be happier to have them on board as a fun new sponsor for the DGDC. All right, welcome back to another great episode of the DGDC podcast. This is going to be a good one, man. We, we have been working on this one for weeks, and <laughs> oh. not only do we have a special new guest, let's call him guest correspondence, we have an awesome new partner and sponsor on this one. First, let's introduce our buddy, Matt Dawson. Welcome back, dude.
3: Hey, guys. How's it going? Good, thanks man. For, uh, <laughs> good. Thanks for having
0: me back. <laughs> I know. We're excited, man. We, you can tell we've all had our coffee. <laughs> I have, for sure. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What
1: number are you on? In true... In three okay i was gonna but guess three for nick
0: i should say that each one is a shot added to i do a, a cup of coffee and a shot of espresso oh
1: that what do they call that in utah um red uh, eye something in the hole something oh. in the something yeah. in the yeah. black hole oh. something in the. I don't.
0: <laughs> well matt welcome back dude um matt's gonna be like a special correspondent man like you're you're special correspondent number one for the podcast, man, this is but so
1: exciting! And if listeners can only see how dope he looks,
0: I know, man, you got the look going for the the font, <laughs> the font uh, aficionado over here: black beanie, Quar- black sweater, quarantine, <laughs> quarantine chic. He's at some little cafe. He's at, he's at some little cafe quarantine in France. Chic. Love yeah. it, <laughs> love it. But uh, we are going to be talking, and we want, and this was a perfect one to bring Matt on board. Uh, all about fonts, typography choices, selections, pairings. We've never really dived deep into this one. And I think, again, it's one of those things to really pick something this broad and find some good stuff about it to talk about. Mm. And we have a fantastic sponsor called Type Together. They have partnered with us on this one to give you guys not only great tips and everything, but stay tuned to the end. There's a lot of free stuff and a really cool challenge that we're going to put together as well uh, to get you guys to try different things with fonts. Put it on Instagram. Tag everybody we should have a blast with it. Um, they are also a great co-sponsor of Adobe Max, and that's how we all found each other. So um, this is going to be a pretty in-depth one, but also, I think, quite informative because we're all going to share our little fun facts and things as how we get through about choosing fonts, selecting fonts, picking it through. Uh, anything else you guys are hoping to get out of this thing as we we started off?
2: <laughs> Just all of Matt's font-pairing secrets. Yeah. My agenda. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. yeah. Tell, well, tell everybody no, a little bit about that, your, your font pairing endeavor that you've done on Instagram.
3: Well, you know, there's, um, I don't know. I, I feel like you're, you're going <laughs> to find out how the magic trick is done and you're gonna be like, wow, that's, that's really lame. <laughs>
2: but,
3: uh, no, like, uh, I, I self appointed myself as a, a, a type, uh, combiner. A few years back, whenever I didn't have enough material to post on Instagram regularly, um,
1: so
2: <laughs> that's actually I, I, brilliant.
3: Yeah. Well, I, I wanted to be on there, but I also didn't want to post like something once a month like I do now, where I've gotten <laughs> lazy and complacent. Totally. Um, so I started this Type Combo Tuesday thing uh, based on some talks that I'd given at schools and um, and smaller conferences. <clears throat> And, um, it's, it's just something that I personally felt like I I had a knack for. Um, and I, I decided to make these little posts each week where I'd combine, you know, uh, two typefaces and I would call it type combo Tuesday. And it kind of grew into a thing where I, I did it full time, like every week for like three years. And then, uh, ever since then, as life has gotten busier, and more and more typefaces and fonts have come out. It's just really tough to keep up. So now I do one uh, every every now and then, but um, it's always a fun little exercise and it's completely subjective. It's based on like whatever weird internal rules I've assigned to working with type in my head. Yeah. Um, so it's not always everybody's cup of tea. You'll, you'll get the person every now and then, like, that doesn't work at all. Um, <laughs> and, cool, man. It wouldn't be uh, the internet without that. <laughs> uh, you know, but it, it's a it's a fun thing to do. I actually kind of miss it. I, I wish I had the time to do it more regularly. But um, yeah. I'm, I'm really excited to talk type today. So it's kind of perfect.
0: Good. Uh, let's, let's get right into it. I, I know we want to talk a little bit about kind of – the idea of fonts as personalities and fonts are such a huge part of what we, from our tool bag, what we get to use and what we get to select mm. that are already there but also have to now work with what's at hand, what the project is that we're talking about. And what, what do you guys look at when, you, when it comes to personality in a font? Where do you even begin? What resources and things are in the back of your mind? when you're thinking about <laughs> thought or, you know, even when you see them, even before we get into selecting, when you see them, you know, on, on a sign somewhere or whatever, what are those magic things that you look for?
2: I mean, just, I think the task of font selection in general is super daunting. Right. And I think yeah. when I, I mean, I made a lot, I made a lot of like, let's say like consequentially bold choices when I started off where it was just cool. like, this is different and, you know, not appropriate for the subject matter, but like, I do think even before you like get into knowing the content just understanding like there are some sort of guidelines that help you consider the right choice not only to help you m- make the right choice but also like to make the process easier because again it's it's a never-ending pool I mean there's infinite fonts and I think now we're in this like weird age where everyone's making fonts and so it just makes it even more difficult trying to find those right ones Yeah uh but I do think like starting off understanding your own personal guidelines and then following these like fundamentals, which the first one I would assume for everybody is like, know the content. What are you doing with the font? Um,
1: Well, and big part, big part of it is mood to me. Um,
2: That's a great word.
1: Brand, brand based and otherwise, I mean, it can be uh, applicable to anything really, Mm -hmm. but mood is huge for me. So if you don't Mm. adhere the proper, um, font, respective of that overarching mood, you're barking up the wrong tree, and I've learned that the hard way through and through, for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I love to show a font, and particularly to the students or young designers, and say, "What is it saying to you?" Don't even look at the word it's saying. Mm. You know, sometimes just show the alphabet of it. Right. That's why I love that. That's, that's a great way to think. But I think you're right. Mood is a perfect word to use because you can look at something and say that font is strong. That font is uh, sturdy, or that font is delicate. Right. And so it's all about kind of going back to your keywords of whatever this project is. Right. So like finding those things and and even a quick Google search will help you find the right mood, (laughs) you know, in a font, and you can start (laughs) seeing the characteristics of what make it that. Yeah, absolutely.
3: That's that keyword thing is one of the one of the main parts of like my new project survey for any kind of uh, new Uh design project, mostly mostly branding. But you know, I'll I'll have keywords, and not only does that help me get an idea about uh, you know how they feel about their business, but it, it's also a nice little cheat sheet for me to get you know like a step ahead on the type selection mm-hmm. by by having those adjectives that that can convey what kind of tone they're going for or attitude or like Mikel said, mood. Um, it's perfect. Perfect uh, description is is mood for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Because you could see a lot of mistakes with it too. Like I know when you see something and you're like, like you see a a, a cafe, like you know French style thing in your neighborhood, and they're using some futuristic font, something's wrong. <laughs> you know, it's like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and oftentimes now the pairings are script complemented with that all caps flavor of a, a sans serif. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm over it. I'm over it. I want to see something <laughs> different. Those are You're constantly right. yeah. <laughs> promoted. Those are constantly promoted. And oftentimes, um, these, these script typefaces, they're overly whimsical.
0: <laughs> yeah. They're
1: over, they're overly, um, playful. The, the curly cues are going every which way, And, um, that trend feels like it's come to a little bit of a more of a calming state now, but man, I mean, back last year, it just felt like I've, I was feeling inundated with mm-hmm. it. And maybe I, that's my own fault and doing, cause I subscribe to these e- email newsletters that keep coming in. I'm like, Oh, again, but honestly, it does feel like that. Like s- similar to um websites, brand. Brand logo um, approaches that we cover with Bill—it's all tr- about what's trending too, for, yeah. in in many ways, um, which which can be difficult, which can be a, a big challenge because you're adhering to the mood and the brand and the storefront, for example, and you don't want to focus too much on trends.
3: Absolutely, but I, I think what you say has a really good point. You know, like you you heard Nick say, "Cafe." And futuristic, I immediately thought, like, late 2000s, early two thousand, like, internet cafes.
0: Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <futuristic> oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> especially <laughs> abroad. Oh, my God. Perfectly everyone,
3: appropriate for
0: that. <laughs> any country I've ever been in, you see it, you're like, oh, my God. Do they all know they're using the exact same? Maybe they just steal it from somewhere, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. But, but I
3: think with, you know, um, one thing you learn to do, like Mikhail said, you – you automatically jump to an aesthetic that, you know, has been programmed into your mind or your, you know, like your aesthetic somehow that, you know, like, okay, cafe script and sans serif. And, you know, I I think that's a great beginning point, but recognizing it, like Mikhail said, that it's done a lot. What can you do to push that a little bit further and to give your client or this project something a bit more unique? Okay. Like, yes, that's a solid safe vanilla starting ground um you know but thinking beyond that and beyond uh you know some of those trendy fonts and what else can you do to convey that this is a cafe you know like think of think of the packaging of the products that they use like coffee and you know some of the machinery that they use like these amazing italian uh i i forget what they're called like I, i see them a lot in um in coffee shops but like they've always got these really rad logos it's like this it almost looks like a car emblem on it
2: like the vespa looking font yeah Yeah. yes Yes. yeah italians (laughs) i think that i mean everything about that is super helpful and true right where but it is coming through the perspective of brand and much like you brand anything like and we get back to keywords those are helpful parameters because it is hard to just you know be different well what does that mean and ultimately if this company or whatever the project is that you're using or selecting fonts for having those, that baseline pillars of who the brand is, the keywords of the personality or the vision and goals, those are things, those are words that you can pull into your selection. That isn't just like, Oh, coffee cafe immediately. My head goes somewhere, but that's because I've seen it a bunch. And ultimately like you should try to be recognizable, but a little bit of like disruption or ownability is really what it is. And so try to think like, What's the point of differentiation mm-hmm. you can bring to it? And fonts carry right. a ton of weight with emotion or character. Um, but I think like there's just so many ways to choose a font, right? And I think, again, when the first step is knowing the content because it might not be branding. It You're might right. be like, are you designing a logo branding or maybe a restaurant menu or like, you know, or packaging label or website, whatever it is. Like that first checkpoint yeah. is to figure out that scope because then a lot of different parameters or guidelines will help you flux out what kind of fonts. Like if you're doing like a you know, menu small scale, you're probably not going to be looking at a ton of display heavy fonts, you know. Um so I think it's all about spatial configuration on that first one. Uh yeah. figuring out like you know, if they what what the actual project is cuz branding alone is like there's a ton that you can dig into, especially when it comes to like a logo font or something.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have obviously more room to play, and obviously you, you're thinking about scalability, readability, yeah, for the logo and everything. Then you think of too, like you know, you're like, is it going to be on a on a digital watch that small? Is it going to be on a huge billboard? Like, so you're honestly, you're obviously <laughs> thinking about context, medium, where it's going, how you how to choose for that, and that's where just those simple design principles kind of come into play. You know, um, yeah. Once you get past that, now what other things are you guys? typically looking for particularly in like let's say flexibility of the font or like you know like looking at the font family that it comes with all those other things like do you put it to a test you know at a certain point when you've made a a good selection or two how do you narrow it down
3: i i kind of like to keep in the back of my head while selecting one um is it going to be easily, uh, easily for me customizable to where Mm -hmm. I can go in, convert it to outlines, Mm -hmm. give it, give it a bit more personality than just feeling like they bought the stock $24 TTF from wherever. Um, so that's something that I, that I like to keep, uh, keep in mind whenever selecting something, especially for identity projects that I, I know the name needs to be prominent more so than a mark. Um, yeah. I want to give them something that you know they don't see on somebody else's website or business card or something like. Hey, is our logo just?
2: <laughs> yeah. just, just
3: this type Anyone case? can just
2: type it out. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, so
3: that's that's a but that, that's also selfishly something that I really enjoy doing is customizing typefaces. Um, so you know, I, I get I get a little bit of joy from that in general. But that's that's one of my one of my main things that I look cool.
0: for.
2: Yeah, well, and even in that, like, there are, like, that immediately starts setting in parameters too, because some fonts I know are going to be easier to customize than others, right? Yes, like for Some me. heavily brushed script or something. Oh, uh, impossible. For uh, me. So, yeah, <laughs> dense for contrast me. weight. Like, you know, it's obviously possible, but they do take more time versus something more geometric or, like, you know, humanistic. Uh, uh, That's blocky. a good point. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you think, like, yeah, you want to even customize something fully, like, it's helpful to even start with the skeleton font. Yeah. And then kind of breaking that. Uh, up and and making it ownable, which is again, I think the the sort of key factors. Like whatever you do with fonts, try to be as ownable as possible. Whether or not it's through the brand personality or again a mark itself, mm-hmm. uh, going unique is usually a better outcome. <laughs> than, yeah, than something mm-hmm. stock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, I love to find
0: those fonts that have familiarity but have a touch of something different. Like, mm. you know what I mean? Like. Y- I think you, you brought up a point too, Matt, about just looking at the, your competitors of the brand or the project or whatever you're working on, what, right? Even if you're doing a billboard for a brand, you look at the billboards that their competitors are doing or whatever the relatable project might be. But I love to find those fonts. And I think you have so, if I ever hear someone say like, oh man, I just chose this because I really couldn't find anything else. It's like, are you kidding me? Like the, <laughs> the amount of availability and customization of these things, like you have no excuse anymore. And I love when you find that font that has a familiarity, it's easy to read, it, it, it doesn't go too trendy, but it has a flair or something about it that just stands out and that I think the brand can own it. You know, I, I'm still like, you look back at the original Facebook font. To me, mm-hmm. I think when they switched it, it was a complete disaster because what they had in there was a font that was super simple, but had these little tapered, pieces that you go wow i'll always remember that as facebook's font
3: yeah i I can instantly see it just thinking about that Mm -hmm. and uh, funnily enough i can't think of what the current type looks like and that's probably not a good thing it's like century gothic (laughs) it's the same
2: thing that everyone's kind of leaning into yeah right the (laughs) the unbranding that's like (laughs) yeah yeah, (laughs) I,
0: (laughs) i remember seeing that posted one day years ago i'm like it's so true and like so how do you find that font like i think you know again it's like Searching for them, finding them through all these foundries and all these different things, but but Matt, you bring up a good point too. Like maybe you find the the font that's just strong enough, and then you add that little added touch or personal you know flair to it. Now it's 100 percent your own. Mm-hmm.
3: You know, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of like adding shadow cuts or mm-hmm. uh, the, the rounded corner tool. Whenever Illustrator introduced that, it was oh kind of, god, it, it was kind of game over
0: for me. Now I round, I round the corner. <laughs> On everything,
3: even Um, the slightest
0: little, even the you couldn't even visually see it, right? But a little added rounded corner makes the biggest difference.
1: Now, are we talking about these like as really nice, handy shortcuts because we don't want to put we're annoyed at all this quality time that might be necessary? Maybe the client hasn't approved. All, and is totally unaware of all those added details and time that goes into those regions that are extremely granular. Or, uh, you know, because have you ever been to any one of those Adobe Max workshops where digitizing, it, the steps are ridiculous. And from, from hand-drawn sketches to digitizing and to put it into layout form, it's so tedious. It's so meticulous. And so I, I want to make sure that we're identifying that for yeah. listeners. Like, it, it's not It's not to say that there's lazy in, laziness incorporated to the workflow. It's not to say uh, it, it may be just for the purposes of a comp of one True. rendition yeah. that you want to present. Yeah. And if it hasn't been approved, why put in a shit ton of time?
2: Yeah. yeah I mean, I think all that. That's a really good point, right? Like, it, it, it depends on the process and the scope of work. Like, if the budget's small and you want to take it on, like, yeah, I'm not going to customize every option. No. That's insane. But, no. you know, I, I do think, like, whatever the final output is, it's still important just to try to get the client to value. Like, this is ownable. That means it's exclusive to the brand. Mm-hmm. You can yeah. use it how you want. No one can just replicate it. It is, and that's what you want anyway. Like, that's what stands out a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it, and even choosing a font, like, that's a deep well where, like, I can spend a day or two trying to find those <laughs> the, the right font. Yeah. I right? know.
1: It's exhausting. It can be exhausting. Yeah. But if
2: you know that's part of the process, you know, that's something you budget in. And we can talk about budget, you know, we can get into oh, that yeah. a little bit later. But yeah. that is something I do budget in. Uh, yeah.
1: It's a part of that discovery research phase, right? Totally. I
2: mean, yeah. Yeah. I will say a big proponent of me when I, or at least a parameter, of choosing fonts is, like, and I think most people should abide by It's, like, don't choose something textured. If they have a clean option, choose a clean option. If you have to texture it, do it yourself. But I, it's such a weird tick for me when I see a font with the same texture and the same characters repeated in the logo. Yeah. I just can't, uh, I can't take it. <laughs> I, don't know I think that's a great is.
0: challenge to even somebody like sometimes I'm, I would go that route and take the, sh- the, the textured one yeah. and then see it once it was done and realize, wow, there's no, the variety of that texture is the same in every T or whatever yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. And I think you bring up a good point. So, so like now as a challenge to us as designers, pick the regular version mm-hmm. and mess around with it yourself. Put in a filter, put in a, a texture of your own. I mean, there's so many ways you can make it original by yeah. using like capture or whatever you want to do, right? There's so many cool ways. So that's a good point. You know?
2: Yeah. And think of a scalability. Like texture fonts don't scale. It's just not how I mean they just don't. They don't operate. Yeah. There. And so you typically, if you're gonna put it like in an avatar or social media, you know, uh, profile pic, like texture's gonna be washed out and look weird. You'll yeah. want something clean there anyway. Yeah. And so if you have again, I'm I'm always thinking like how am I gonna customize it if I know I want texture, I wanna make sure I have the control. Yeah. And for when I don't want texture, I wanna make sure I have that control. Cause yeah, once you lean into something super display heavy, you know, you kind of lose control. You're stuck with that and it's really hard. I mean, I don't want to have to get rid of the texture every time. Yeah. Or if it's like yeah. roughed edges and stuff, like I'd rather do that myself so I can, you know, again, keep control of
0: originality.
2: Yeah. yeah. But this yeah. is again coming through like really display branding type fonts mm-hmm. you know, versus something copy or body heavy, which is a whole different set of parameters yeah. and <laughs> guidelines.
0: Very true. How How about here's some tips that maybe we can share about how do you use fonts before buying them because we know we're still in this like exploratory phase, finding them, picking them, seeing if they will work. Mm. Um, so what kind of tips do we use to use them before buying them in yeah, a way? So
2: this is assuming like we see a font. Yeah. And we, like, yeah. Okay.
0: Type testers that are, you know, 90% of the foundries all show that they have great ways to do that. Right. It's like yeah. sometimes even just showing the client a, a few varieties to say, are we, are we in the right, you know, path here. How do we look?
2: I mean, beyond like, yeah, you can screen grab it, send it to your client. Like this is kind of the vibe we're feeling with. Right. I think it's a good option or a lot of foundries let you have personal licenses. This is Mm -hmm. something you cannot use for anything but your own non-profitable gain. Uh, But if they don't offer that, then maybe just send them an email like, hey, we're thinking about getting this font for a client. We'd love to license it, but I want to make sure they're cool with it. Can you, you know, are you okay with me having a personal license? Can you, send me that I would guarantee like nine out of 10 would be like yeah definitely for sure because uh, yeah. it all comes down to the license anyway and if you're a partner yeah and if you're being that upfront about it I assume they'll be like oh this guy's legit yeah, mm-hmm. for sure uh, there's
0: good ways to round that all the time to use it figure it out because they I think it's to me I always try to show the flexibility of like we're still in that creative zone Let's we'll t- and we'll talk about how we budget for it later in the conversation. But it's so neat to be able to show these things and be like just getting a feel for it with you, the client, their stakeholders. Are we along? Are we going on the right path with this one? Are we? You know, because it's up to you. And I, I don't. I don't think you want to show them ninety versions. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like logo <laughs> concepts. I I, I will f- completely admit I used to do that back in the day where you like show them a page full. Yeah. And I'll never forget I I saw. A, a client who went to like one of those logo tournament kind of, you know, things where they probably paid 40 bucks for a logo and that artist provided them with their name in every single font that was probably in their system. And it was like, <laughs> you know, made me go, I'm slow. I'm kind of doing that even by showing them 10, 10 fonts. We yeah. got, we have to edit, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, if yeah. I'm going to show them more than a few right options, it's it's because the options are distinctly different. Like yeah. they're not going to be similar enough where like, I don't really see the major differences you can get into that like when you were fine, but for that first stage, yeah, you want a couple and you want them to be like drastically like Good. directionally different,
0: yeah, yeah, Matt you brought up a great resource that i i, I had bookmarked a while back Do yeah. uh, you want to talk a little bit about that
3: yeah, um you know i I'm, I almost always almost always see what I have on my system first because a lot of the times I kind of <laughs> it's already I, there. <laughs> I, I forget what I have um, yeah absolutely you know, so I kind of I kind of see what's there at first um, but it, it can be a little daunting to to scroll through um, you know your your illustrator uh, type palette and and see everything you have but there's this really great resource that I found a few years ago um, it's a website called wordmark.IT and um, what it'll, what it will do is you can go in there and you can type in the name of let's say the, the bar that you're about to do a branding for. Um, you can type in their name and it'll show you what that looks like in every font you have installed on your system. And it's like a monumentally huge time saver, uh, because you, you just scroll through and you just kind of like, like, you just have all these little, you know, light bulbs that go off and you're like, okay, cool. Like, let me try that one, this one, this one, this one. And, um, yeah, it's I, I use it for every project now, and it's so um, handy
1: because you know what that type palette in Illustrator is super fa- small. It's not. It's yeah. It, right. It's, it's not user. Yeah, the interface is shit. Yeah. Doesn't it? Well,
2: yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it stalls do you sometimes i think it might be a bad font that i have but do you guys ever have it where it stops at a certain yes
2: font yeah and you that and is like, a bad font those are your like three yeah. fonts so that you download that's I to get rid why of i want to talk
1: about font management at yeah. some other time because i don't want that glitchiness anymore it, it yeah. freaks even me out even my favorite
2: filter is like too much now because that's the only filter we yeah, have right. other than like Typekit. so it's like my favorite is just as long as my normal yeah. it sucks
0: I, I, it, it, we were talking about this the other day and it's, it's, I think we're going to spearhead into a whole episode that's going to be about management yeah. and font management will be a big part of that discussion.
2: <laughs> I don't, I don't to, do it currently. I, I know. I and neither. I mean, and I
0: think it would be a great test to bring someone on. That's a, a, a huge, you know, pro at that and help us out with it. But, um, yeah. uh, what <laughs> no. about licensing things and details? I mean, this is a great point while you're maybe fine tuning mm. what you're going to choose as a font to look at the licensing of that. I've heard some crazy horror stories and I've also heard some people that were very proactive in doing it up front, and it, it, it sets you up for success where you don't have to like imagine showing something and locking it in. And then you have to tell the client, Oh, we can't use that for yeah. a logo or whatever. What do you guys think? Good time to be doing this
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> red flag. Number one
2: licensing is confusing uh because there's not like a hard set fast rule of like this is how font licensing work it's totally up to you know the foundry or the seller or the creator uh what those look like and i will say like people sometimes think free fonts are free but god if you dig into the licensing they're really not you mm-hmm. can use them maybe for like a very small project with, like 500 user or usages you know one user whatever that looks like you I would say if you're working with clients and you're choosing fonts, you have to do the work. Uh, Otherwise, man, there's been a lot of horror stories of people coming back and clients having to pull stuff because they didn't license fonts correctly. And they were either fined or like the license was super expensive. They did a ton of, you know, if it's packages, their SKUs were, their volume is huge. Uh, It's much easier to put the forethought in, put that into your pricing and just assume you're going to have to license whatever fonts you use. Yeah. And it even gets more confusing with things like, you know, Adobe Typekit and what that looks like or 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 just, you know, is it desktop versus web licensing? I mean, these are things you really have to actually understand. Yeah. I would say if it's confusing, like dig in, watch some YouTube videos, maybe reach out to professionals or other designers who, you know, have done that kind of stuff. But familiarize yourself in that territory. Yeah. And just make sure you've done the work because it one I've had it happen before when I was starting off like the embarrassment of oh, hey, you have to go back to a client and say, we have to license this phone. I didn't do the work, you know? Yeah. And that sucks. You don't want that to happen (laughs) ever.
3: Yeah, it's definitely not the most glamorous part about design, but it's uh, designing responsibly and not putting your clients at risk for uh, unnecessary headaches. And, you know, that can in turn make you look bad. Um, I remember whenever, I think it was SNL, got like a huge... uh, like a huge like cease and desist for uh using gotham on like all their promos a few years ago from heffler wow yeah and, like they, they didn't have a license and um and I, i'm sure you know i don't know th- these these foundries they put in a ton of work to make these site faces so like i i totally get it um but you know like, don't don't think you can skate by because it's you know your buddy's your buddy's skateboard shop across town like that that matters just as much as SNL because SNL the thing is SNL can afford yeah. it. your buddy down the street can't afford a lawsuit
2: yeah and I would yeah. assume with SNL is like I bet they did have a license and I bet they just exceeded. It was the whatever that one. license because yeah. then there's tiers in licensing most often where it's like mm-hmm. you can get the cheapest license, your standard, which is maybe like one to three users, meaning one to three projects. Too, right? And then if it's on a packaging, they're going to limit how many items on that packaging you can sell. Maybe it's 10,000, maybe it's 25,000. Mm-hmm. And then the tiers keep going up. And so I wonder if SNL, like they just didn't get a big enough, they're broadcasting to too many people, or is oh my it that on their license? Right? Or they just didn't do it, which is insane of me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's
0: on my computer. Doesn't that mean I own it? Yeah. Like, but, you know, <laughs> but even that is stuff where, so, like,
2: you know, I've had a few clients that have exceeded the license I knew we bought initially. They just grew past it, and so we had to go back and purchase yeah. the next tier of licensing. Uh, especially if you do packaging work, like that's a big one. You have to make sure think about the future, and then. Oh, yeah.
0: Because we look at it when you when you're using stock photography or stock anything like that, it's kind of you have to look at it in the same way. There's impressions of how many how many will be printed with it, like you said, or Mm -hmm. I can't even imagine when you're talking about TV broadcasting and like what that how you number those impressions, because you're right. And I've seen other companies get using fonts that were not allowed to be used as a logo. Mm -hmm. And they used it and they completely lost out on that. So again, use the, I think your foundries are your partners. You can definitely talk to them, send them an email. If you have a question about what you're using, you know, um, for sure. That's, this is the time to be doing it. Um, yeah. So cool. We've talked a little bit about like the customization of fonts. Are they matching your objectives and everything like that? Particularly like standing out to the competition. Um, this would be a good chance to maybe bring in when we asked, um, type together to come on board and help us Mm -hmm. with this. One of the things we wanted to ask is what kind of things do they see as helpful to designers to help us choose the right fonts? And they got some great talking points that we wanted to kind of bring in here. I'll kind of read them out and we can just discuss them briefly. But they, their first one was type design is a craft where many factors come together and good typography aims for that even texture of a block of text or text, right? Mm-hmm. It's a consistent typographical color. And I love that. That's so mm, smart, nice. right? Like when you hear that even texture, Re- remember, fonts were made to be readable, right? So, how important mm. is that?
3: I, I like
1: it. I, that's I, well said. I,
3: I really like that texture thing because, like, that, that's exactly what I've been trying to describe for years. But, like, I, I do like the blurred eye test. Yeah. Kind of like, oh, yeah. There you go. And if yes, it looks yes, okay. Yes. And nobody, like, anytime I tell a client that, or so, it's just like over their head. They're like, what the hell is this guy talking about? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah the te- the texture man I- after 15 years i finally know we figured it that. out thank yeah, you type, type together <laughs> coming in
2: <laughs> um i think one we should promote like type together has a really good blog where we're pulling a lot of this info from and so people should check that out even to follow along with uh they mm-hmm. have a number of them on choosing right fonts but yeah and this is something i never thought to do but like if you have issues or if you want to know like font pairings or any questions about the font in general like just email them directly Uh, there's something about that, that I think maybe users don't think about like, you know, the commerce back and forth, but for the most part, founders are just like people who love making fonts and want to make sure they're like made correctly. Uh, so that's something I want to, you know, as we talk about this blog, like I I think plugging that is is definitely,
0: yeah. They've also mentioned too, about being careful about buying fonts from places or vendors that have thousands of offerings and (laughs) obviously the quality may change. A lot from uh, one font to the next. And I, I think we've all been, maybe we can all say we've seen that a lot, you know?
2: I mean, I've had to get rid of those. Yes. And I think the biggest reason which we're talking about is like they're buggy. Like I've had them crash my illustrator over and over and I couldn't figure out why. And it took me, you know, weeks of like going through IT. They're like, you have to get rid of any of these like free font, whatever, you know, uh, yeah. in your in your Rolodex. And as soon as I did, everything works fine. So I steer clear of those just. Principle number one: I don't want to have to deal with that headache. Yeah, but there are a lot of reasons to.
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: I wish there were digital house cleaners that could. <laughs> Someone's got right? to do that, right?
0: Stuff <laughs> like that, or like organize your job. Oh my god, let's let's uh, make sure yeah. we find someone like that for our t- our management. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, that'd, that'd, be be, that'd be a exists, dream. It probably exists, man. I mean, f- yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly.
2: It, it's really like putting that value into fonts because. I was kind of shocked sometimes by, like, font prices, right? This is coming from me only downloading shitty free fonts on the internet. I'm like, what do you mean you pay for fonts? hundred percent. It's like $50 for one font. Like, But but ultimately, me like, you, you learn me to too. appreciate that so much beyond the bugginess. It's just like the I quality know. of those fonts, they're just steadfast. Yeah. You can use them. They're going to be your workhorses, especially if you really invest in, like, a good body or copy small-scale font. Like, you can use that so much. Oh, yeah, uh, dude. And you, and that's where you like, you actually go to these, these foundries, these people that are like geeking out over making the fonts, you know, to perfection, they're, they're that price for a reason. Cause you don't have to worry about the kerning. You don't have to worry about any, like, how does it scale? What does it look like when it's large? Like it's all built in. Oftentimes they have an extensive, you know, typeset where you can get into other languages or numbers or alternates or ligature, whatever that might be. Yeah, uh, There is like a good baseline font your hero font that you can just turn to whenever you need uh is sort of invaluable uh for designers i find and and uh yeah yeah building that up man and actually spending the money on quality really does make a difference
3: and and having something with like an expansive family you know like it's 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 a lot different to spend uh you know 300 bucks on something that has 48 typefaces you know like within it than mm. it is to spend, you know, three hundred dollars for something with two. And you know,
1: isn't it annoying when you're looking for the 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 narrow or the thin, and it's Italian. not even there? Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> you're right. Those families are great. I love this tip here. Type test your typefaces in different environments that are as close as possible to whatever your production. And your final deliverables are, and again, that's a smart thing because of let's say scale, and maybe it has to work on a business card and has to work on the the exterior of a, of a of a building, right? So like testing these out prior is a really great, I think, yeah. tip that I think we all do innately, but like it, you you should make that part of your <laughs> qualification <laughs> yeah. each time, you know. <laughs> I'm definitely adding that to it, and and then they also mentioned that like what you said earlier, oh, nice. you know, when in doubt. Contact that type foundry, right? They're here to help you as a designer and a developer. I think you're right, dude. We've always thought like they even mentioned the foundry is not a black box. Like, get in touch with them. Contact them. They're they're gonna offer. Most of them have support lines to help you out. So even if it's something you've bought prior and there's still an issue, go back to that. You've purchased it. You know they're there to help you. And I I think that's something I'm gonna definitely take full advantage of.
2: Yeah, because it's even like, look, you can get into, okay, we like this one font style, but most foundries, you know, it's going to come in a family, and maybe you can't afford the whole family, right? It's like 50 different uh, typefaces, but, you know, you want something in the maybe middle range, but even in that middle range, there's going to be like, what are you looking at? Header? Are you looking at subline? Are you looking at book, right? Like, regular, they're similar, but they're different, Mm -hmm. and they're used for different ways. So, if you may be confused, like, what is the book, you know, weight? Well... It's made for small scale. So maybe you don't want that if you're gonna be thinking display. And they might have that same font in display that isn't gonna have like the bigger openings and in the characters. So I I, I mean yeah. that's a super helpful tip where, you know, when you start getting into the weeds, just reaching out, like, hey, this is the project. I like this font. You know, I'm confused by the way it's totally you know, what can you have? Or I wanna find something similar that would pair well you know they mentioned like reach out we'll you know we'll send you a bunch of great yeah. examples and usages likely personal you know licenses to test it and exactly i think yeah that 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 immediate connection is something you might not get with you know your freefonts.com or something you know
0: <laughs> i doubt there's even a number on those sites <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's face it right <laughs> nowadays too i'm like i'm not ordering anything online unless there's a customer service number no more chat, no more do it by email. We've learned the hard way on that. <laughs> many times. Uh, yeah. b- before we launch into pairings, any last tips you guys have on selecting that you want to kind of just shout out?
3: I feel like I've given my, my secrets away. <laughs> so. Yeah, no,
1: and I appreciate that so much. I know listeners will too. Um, your dot it um, tip is huge to me and I know others will feel the same. Um, I I I was just going to touch on the fact that the process is never redundant. The process for every, any project with respect to pairing is never the same for us, at least. I mean, it's it's completely distinct every time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't think that I don't think that it should be told to find your formulaic process totally the way, yeah I it's agree. not that way um you you have to be kind of adaptable and f- and flex with any given um r- ramifications or scope means um just because um for an MKM support member he or she will come up with something completely different which is a good thing her process or his process was completely different from mine and that's worth presenting at first round because you want that edgy versus conservative, for example, mm-hmm. um, showcasing altogether. So yeah, there's Love no right, point. right way. There's no, it never. Down. yeah,
0: it never ends. You get better each time, but yeah. also you're right. You don't want to f- make a formula that you're just following over and over again.
1: It won't work. Mm-hmm. You'll disappoint. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: you'll disappoint. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but you can get misled so easily when you like look up like, you know, how to pair a font, cuz immediately people are like, well fonts have different emotions they evoke, like sans versus serif, you know, one evokes modern heritage or heritage classic ones more modern, you know, techie. But I'm not convinced that's the reality of this day and age and I think it's better to follow those brand parameters if it's you're doing it for a brand project. Like use that as your baseline because I, there's there's cases in both right of like serif can't be for a tech company. Like bullshit. Why not? Like that doesn't make sense to me. But so often you see these hard set rules online. Uh, I would say disregard as but be appropriate. Like, yeah. Follow the brand guidelines. Don't go out of the box where you're unrecognizable. But also like own something and yeah. and, and and really dictate like. Your creative compass by that. What's
0: your what's your favorite example of that, Jordan? I know we, we've all talked about it,
2: like a like a serif or sans, or no, of thing? just
0: bringing in some what was probably a font that was on everybody's do not use list, and then somebody just used it and <laughs> has shown how beautiful it is.
2: <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, of course, like Stumptown's Hobo changed yeah. that. I think like you can't argue that anymore. That was one of the most successful mm-hmm. uses of a font that was as dead as Comic Sans. Oh, and totally. They owned it, and now it's. Popular enough where like they've remade it into like Hobo new, which is a whole huge font. It's family. That beautiful. It's I love wonderful. it. I love yeah. it. Uh, yeah, I think. And, and again, like disruption is great. Like if you can own something and make it unique in a market where, it, oh, yeah. you know, there isn't a ton of that point of differentiation sells all the time. Uh, so I would just, yeah, whatever you read online, like just, just still go by the gut, you know, yeah. a little bit. You, you want your guidelines, but also that creative compass, like that's yours you know, you're in this position, you're passionate about this, trust yourself a little, you know, and, and then let that grow into like good steering the ship fully. Cool.
0: A, a few that they had offered, which I think goes without saying is avoiding the trendy kind of font of the moment thing. <laughs> always, um, yeah. you know, I, I think we back in the day can always say like probably was guilty of that many, many times. And then of course, like you said, Jordan, you go back to your the essence and the, the what's what is your brand story what is all that and that's that's what's dictating what to choose not what's rising to the top i think that's super super big and then not just don't forget that typing typing a font in your application is set and gold you have to get in there and dissect and change and kern add you know i remember a, a, a student going oh i love this font but i don't like the y so i'm not going to use it i'm like just change the y <laughs> you know like
2: all the time yeah
0: <laughs> right like come on yeah Do the work, you know, so I think that's kind of cool, uh, to think of it that way. And then that, the ever changing thing about how many fonts is too many fonts, particularly let's say in like a brand, you know,
1: that's good coverage. That's yeah. You don't want it to look like a big fat birthday party mess. Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That is another one. It's like, you know, you hear the, that hard fast rule of like, you know, two to three on a packaging, which I think I typically try to abide by Mm -hmm. that, uh, But at the same time, like it just depends on the medium because I know newspapers, for example, have to use a bunch of different fonts because it's mm. it's it's about research versus like reading a, reading a story or something where like your eyes will – you need that balance and hierarchy. You need to have that distinction and it can get really hard uh, if everything is sort of yeah. that same texture, right? Which is usually what you want for a brand mark. You want it to feel cohesive but – if it's for something like a menu, or again a newspaper or something, you might have to bring more into the fold to give you that like decisive contrast. Yeah. Um, and so also, I don't know how many fonts are too many. I don't. know. I have no idea.
0: Well, like you, like you mentioned too, <laughs> Matt, about having the a font family allows you, you know, the flexibility of multiple weights, multiple expanded to like you said, even Macale condensed, italic, uh, maybe even something that's in the family. It's a total opposite, but it's still complementary, right? Like. So that gives you a chance to exercise some more without including a new font, you know, keeping mm. it limited.
3: Yeah, I feel like you have a little bit more um, leniency there whenever you're using families because they're a family for a reason. They're, they're sharing some kind of similar architecture and something, whether or not you're using the expanded or like the compressed version of that. Like yeah. they're still designed and built to to look like they belong in the same universe. Um mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I've I've always been a huge proponent of families, and it's something that I tell a lot of young designers to look into if if they're having trouble pairing or you know knowing what to invest in. Like we were talking earlier, you know, like well, invest in you know invest in the Toyota Camry because it's gonna it's gonna drive yeah. mm-hmm. three hundred thousand miles for you. And it's going to be a workhorse for you. Uh, I know you want the whatever. I don't know what cool cars are anymore. I haven't driven in seven months.
2: <laughs> 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 we just start our car to keep it alive. Like I'm so sorry.
3: Same, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, font, font families are are great. Like they're they're like a nice safe point of entry for uh, you know getting into uh, maneuvering things around and pairing things and yeah. getting getting the most bang for your buck. <clears throat>
2: Yeah, I think there's there's security in that. You're right where like you you're not going to mess that up and they're going to work. They're definitely going to work. Yeah. Um and then maybe you bring in one to like disrupt them a little to give you that like interest of contrast, right? I think yeah. that's a super helpful tip. And some families are so distinct and like huge where you might not even I mean they might have a breaker in that. Uh uh especially when you get to like super condensed compressed versus like extra wide. Like there's some deep and then you get like light versus, you know, your ultra heavy. Yeah. I mean, you can get mm-hmm. a lot of distinction in the same family that they're going to still work together in some form.
0: And it still keeps that common texture.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that we love so much. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if there's one takeaway, right. Uh, I love it. Let's, let's get into the, the font pairings and the bringing fonts together and complementary and things like that. And Matt, I think, you know, you had mentioned your, your type Tuesdays and what you would kind of put together there. Let's talk about those things that just, what are the, what you mentioned too, like sometimes it's just the the experimenting of it, right? Like, where do you even start when you need that complementary font? What's What's your first step?
3: Well, you know, I I, I feel like we've we've kind of touched on it uh, here and there throughout this, but you know, there are uh, as Jordan put it, like guidelines that, that we have as as designers that are in place for a reason. Um, you know contrast, uh, whether or not it's contrast between serif and sans serif or, you know, weight or, you know, width, there's all, there's all sorts of baseline starting points whenever you start to combine type. And it, it's looking, you know, for me, it, it all comes down to contrast at first. Um, so seeing, you know, seeing what, what, what works well with each other, like, do they share any similar architecture? Um, as far as how their letter forms are crafted, um, you know, does one feel more alpha and one feels more beta because they mm-hmm. should, they should complement and not compete. Um, and that's, that's, that's a huge point. Um, the type combo Tuesday thing, you know, that, that was more, if, if you really scroll back, I mostly did pretty safe pairings because like my, my very first job was, um, for a publishing company like laying out magazines mm. so
1: you Ooh, know, tell I, us I about did, that a little bit <laughs> my
3: my first job fresh out of uh, college was for a southern a, a, a southern ladies lifestyle magazine. <laughs>
2: I, I love everything about this. Oh, my God.
3: Yes.
1: This is awesome.
0: I can't tell you the name of the magazine I work
1: for. Oh, no. Oh, no. I don't really ahead, I know dude.
0: that story.
3: Um, <laughs> but, you know, like a, a lot of my stuff was editorial. So I, you know, I, I learned to, uh, you know, think about what tone the article had uh, to, to pick what was going to be like the big, you know, like the big artsy, you know, first spread of it. And then, you know, we we had terrible brand standards back actually no brand standards, which I guess does equal terrible brand standards. <laughs> so there would be different body copy on different articles. Like it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a set system. So I, I kind of trial by fire had to learn how to pair things that, that felt good. And it, it was, it was mostly just uh, very, very simple sans serif and serif combinations a lot. Um, I've always been a little bit leery of mega display fonts. I've gotten a little bit more into them in recent years, but I just think there's, I think there's just such a delicate balance and fine line that you have to walk with those before they're too much. Um, So, you know, pairing, pairing with those is, it's kind of interesting. There's so many now, like kind of like the sky's the limit on what you can do. But a (laughs) a lot of, a lot of what people are doing nowadays is especially on creative market and stuff like that, you'll, you'll get some prepared paired uh, combinations, you know, yeah. which, which is sometimes helpful to, to, you know, younger designers and, and sometimes it's like, Oh man, I don't know. Like might want to, might want to explore that a little bit further, but, <laughs> um, nice
2: to
3: put yeah, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I, I, think, I think y'all know how I feel about creative market. Type <laughs> well, I mean, not, not, not all of them. That, that's, that's a, that's a bad broad statement. Well, it's an
0: open um, market. And I think that's the, that's exactly what it is.
2: Yeah, know? but it's really led by, I think, heavy trends. And, and mm-hmm. that's where like if yeah. you immediately don't – if you don't dig in or find those gems, like you're kind of sticking to the front page, which I think can be a little dangerous. Like tread lightly. Oh, good point. That.
3: It, it, it absolutely can. I mean like with, with the whole thing that we, we talked about a few days ago, um, you know, you're, you're not doing your client any favors by giving them this super trendy thing that – this business, if he states away, might have the exact same <laughs> exact same font
2: combination. Yeah, good point.
1: That. I mean, it's a little bit of a, of course, but I, I
2: mm-hmm. think it's
1: worth saying that, mentioning well, that. Yeah,
2: and I think, I mean, most young designers, People, you fall may, snare to you that. have
1: to pull yourself out and look from the aerial view to see if you've gotten primarily wrapped up in something that's going down a rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't you think yeah. that that always happens the, the next day with fresh eyes? I'm always so grateful for that. Oh, or yeah. after a shower.
0: You're like, what, was, <laughs> what was I thinking?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that's exactly how I mean. It's like, yeah. we're working on um, right now how to convey best this, – this company's best places to work in the inland northwest over here. And the year 2020 is – everybody's just wanting it to be over, right? So you can't be celebratory with that type of piece. And it's really hard – To find the balance between the reality and what our our true normal is like now, as well as um, um, indicate that, yay, we did it again this year. So in that balance comes matching, uh, conveying with the proper typography that lends itself to that respective mood. I mean... That's just a a really quick example because that's not a brand project. That's not creating a logo, generating a logo. It's an ad. It's a campaign. I mean, lots of eyes are going to set on that. And if you turn off, you're effed. I mean, then it That's
0: a great point. So, so strong. Yeah. Because right now, you're right. You're in that moment where it's now it's probably a very challenging decision of what to pick because of sensitivity
1: or whatever else right very much very uh, much and it's easy to overthink this but you've got to be sensitive yeah, um,
2: yeah. which I
1: mean that I just mean any rendering with of pigment of skin all the same totally. I mean given the the political sensitivity to that these days we're going like avatar blue hues of purple to play it safe in all of our illustrations know because
3: that that's funny that you say that because I, I feel like that's kind of what the front page of Dribble has been this yeah. past year. You know, like, like these, these very, um, abstract
1: humanoid forms with a, yeah. a very unusual palette. And, you know, I've, I've noticed the same. I think that's cool that you brought that up. They're showcasing appropriate realm. And mm-hmm. in, in my mind, it's, it's well done. It's yeah. abstract enough, but not too far. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, and it's funny because like I've heard a lot of people talk about that being a trend, but like it's Mm. and and maybe I'm slow on the uptake because I'm just now realizing why. But like that that's kind of like great to put that together, like why that has happened and the fact that like it's noticeably happened in the past year. Um, Yeah, but that illustration style has become very prominent, and you see it in all sorts of you know you see it in all sorts of applications, um, Mm -hmm. you know, animation ads. um,
1: Yeah, you are, and so just. To make sure there's alignment here, you're talking about that style approach where it's, like, um, l- little fingers meets super large wide arms and extensions yes, exactly. of body parts. Yes. K, okay. K.
2: Okay. And I think there's two distinctions. One, I think, like, you know, being cognizant of, like, how we reflect an embodiment is great with you know color or you know choice but i do think like that style is trending like that yeah, style is ownable is. by tech and there you know i think yeah. the divisiveness is like why are you all deciding this is the style to own for a brand yeah interesting
1: you know? interesting but it's beautifully disproportionate it's, yes yeah it
2: is you know i mean it, it would but be- it's heavily used
1: it yeah. is maybe overly. I agree, Nick. Yeah. yeah. Like
2: ah. Shopify meets Lyft meets Uber meets yeah. like they're all doing. It, and seeing it,
0: what's interesting how it's made its way to television because I think what you're seeing now is the f- stuff that was produced six months ago had to go to animation or stock photography because they couldn't film anything. So yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden this, this style of um, let's call it caricature and whatever you that you were seeing more in tech and everything ha- is now in advertisements that you're seeing now. So you're right. It is blowing up out of necessity. I'm assuming. Yeah.
3: yeah. You know. So, so somebody mentioned tech. I think, and, uh-huh. and that's that's where I see it constantly. I mean, Too like much. we have a we have a ton of tech companies here, and I feel like anytime I check out somebody's site, like that's exact like, you, same you, thing. You kind of forget like who's who's you're looking at. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, we got way off topic. That's okay. <laughs> but
0: I, I have a great I have a great question. I think Mikkel, you brought up a very challenging time that you had to pick a font. I'm curious, let's share maybe our, the most challenging project in choosing a font or typefaces or you name it. Does anybody have something off the top of their head? I got <laughs> I got one If because I was just thinking about it early. And, you, and, and then that way it gives you guys a chance. Uh, the last restaurant or two restaurants ago was this restaurant called Denim. And it was this choice to have both the it was done in it was being made in the fashion district of Los Angeles downtown LA where all the fashion houses are and the clo- uh, materials and all the old factories but their spin was Texas barbecue and Dallas kind of vibes right marrying the two loving the concept and then when it came to fic- picking the font I don't think I've ever probably had a, a harder time and it became a a font that was found and then heavily uh, altered at a certain point but again like it trying to knowing that it had such a compa- uh, A fun vibe of opposites in just the brand dna How do you take that into the font and I remember I wrote that word out and I had it in like I did the, I were word, used wordmark it <laughs> You know you're looking and I bought a ton of fonts because I was knowing that hey It's worth probably buying at this point even before budging it into the to the to the actual uh, budget but I'm happy with where it came out, but I think at a certain point you have to just decide yeah. and go. So that was yeah. that was kind of my my hardest one for sure.
2: That's that yeah. <laughs> that is I mean, I, I don't know if I have one like specific, right? I think there are circumstances that have become more challenging than others, and I think those usually lie in like one, there's too many characters in whatever this title is or this name of beer or the brand title. Like mm-hmm. you know, you got two words, twenty two characters, like it's going to be tough to actually marry this into something like a singular mark. And then I do a lot of beer packaging and packaging in general, and that makes it even tougher because we have a face. So therefore it can't, you know, it's got to live in proportion to whatever it's going to be on. And so it's always the struggle of like, now. I I guess we have to figure out what typeface that will one, marry all the brand pillars and character and personality, of the brand, but also is going to function in this small space with that many characters. I think those, and that's usually like, why I, I prefer being in the name strategy because clients never think about that the application of how this is gonna sit on something is usually not part of the conversation unless you know people like us are there uh, so those circumstances are I, I think probably the most headache stuff when yeah. it comes to actually finding the font
3: yeah I'd, I would probably have to echo that as well like that's that's usually my that's usually my hang up <laughs> you know just an insane character count like we had this contractor up in the Northeast and like it was some super long family name and then contracting, which isn't exactly a short word itself. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, that, that's, that, that's, 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 that's my usual
2: uh, hang up as well, Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. The struggle's real. I think <laughs> the stuff, man.
0: any, any last tips, extras, things we, we haven't, I think the one thing we were talking about, a little bit was budgeting ahead of time. And I think, it. like we all mentioned, that first look at fonts when you were buying them and you're realizing how expensive they are. What can a designer do beforehand while they're maybe in, in the estimate zone to budget ahead? What do you guys do?
3: I mean, I, I would automatically suggest padding padding your proposal with a budget for that. Um, honestly, I, I don't even line item it because mm-hmm. I... I get some very nitpicky clients from time to time. That, that's
0: actually a really good point. Know, yeah. Great point.
3: Well, why don't you just use something that you have? Or, you know, I <laughs> in any, anytime I do like a, a stylistic mood board on like some of those type testers, like we talked about earlier in the episode, anytime I do a screenshot, I always make sure I don't get the price in there because I don't want them to make a decision uh, Ooh, you know, that, that's based on price versus aesthetic. So I, I think having just like that ghost padding in there for mm-hmm. like a font budget, give yourself three to five hundred bucks or something. Um, that's yeah, I hopefully no clients listen listen to this, but that, that's that, that's what I do. Well, no, that's- I'm
1: usually transparent about that, and I put it all under incidentals. And there's a mm-hmm. number of subcategories that that can fall that, that can fall in in there, right? Yeah. Um, and some some potential clients see incidentals and are like, really. But shit happens. You can't project what's going to happen at one phase to the next oftentimes, mm-hmm. and nor can they. So that is one way of sharing the padding. And oftentimes I, I have absolutely felt that I, I've absolutely seen that they're, they're appreciative of that transparency front as opposed to trying to wiggle in some other cost that they're, they they're, not, they're in the dark about. Mm-hmm together. Mm-hmm. so it just shares that you're pretty upfront and honest at the forefront which is a good thing
2: yeah it is a double-edged sword in a way though because like it is i have had where i used to like line out item everything and they same Me thing that where like they're like oh okay we're gonna go through font selection and choose one like holy shit like this is gonna be a huge <laughs> endeavor and and, and and you're capped creatively in that regard because sometimes like you're just you have to. I mean, it's always a convincing of like. This or is they why can come
1: I- back and say this is a little high. Can we remove I- line items? Yeah, can t- like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, get rid of it.
0: Okay. That, that would mean a redesign. <laughs>
3: that, that's that's the exact reason, Mikhail, why, why I chose to just build it into like the overall price Good. because yeah. I would I would. I would get these pick aparts where we'd be like, okay, well, like, how about we we take some of that budget out of fonts and and you give us you, you add you add a third concept or a fourth concept. I'm like, no, don't man, even give like
0: them the chance. Yeah.
1: Honestly, oh my gosh, Matt, you mentioning that you hear people say, "Can't you just use what you've already got?" is no, it it it, it it's a pet peeve. It's like people saying, um, "Can't you just copy paste?" It drives me yeah. batty. Yeah, well, and it's it. like,
2: you know, if they ask in the beginning, like, maybe, I hope so, I don't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. You just don't know until so yeah, you yeah. start getting into, like, the vibe of the whole thing. Um, but sh-
0: should you educate them a little bit and say, guys, you do need to own the fonts that we are going to use regardless, so, like, and you Nick, need the ownership. that
1: sounds like an angle you would take to do, yeah. do
0: that. Yeah. I like to say that I'll bring that up in conversation. I think I pad it in like you were saying that, and then I will when we're at that zone of picking it. I'll be like, "Oh, by the way, you know these are fonts that you know you will purchase. You're, you've co- We've covered it in the costing, but you'll you will purchase it to make sure that you have the legal rights to use this in all these things." And yeah, nowadays I think if you're just upfront and very honest with it, I think nine times out of ten they just appreciate that.
2: Well, this is interesting too because when it comes to licensing, and I recently had this sort of issue where, like, I licensed the font through for a client, right? But it was under my ownership, and so when the font foundry saw the client using it, and it wasn't in their rolodex of you know licenses, they Uh reached out, and so like I had to go through, send them all the proof of purchase, all this licensing stuff, uh, to get the okay. But it is interesting. So like you know, as creatives, if we're padding that font license into ourselves you know, we are the owner of the license. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'm curious how that works into, and that what, how you guys kind of work that into like, are you guys, so are, do you remain the license holders for the font or how do you transfer that over yeah. to the client or mean, what, what do you do?
0: I think I've got to change that and probably. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like as soon as this ha- this happened just recently and I was like, shit, you know, I'm, yeah. maybe this is something I'm not considering it was fine, but it just took effort of me. Like, oh, okay, now we have to go through these hoops because, you know, the foundry reached out to my client directly, and my client was like, "What? What's going on?" You know, it's like, "Don't worry, it's all taken care of. I have the oh, license, wow. I have everything." But, yeah. but we <laughs> should probably table
0: that for our <laughs> <laughs> next episode. It's gonna be all about legal and. I, like it. I was <laughs> gonna say <laughs> that. That's kind of building up for it, but man.
2: Yeah. Or it's just a point to consider, right? If you're going to license, like, you know, just make sure, again, the importance of having that license, man, if I just pulled that font from something like that would be a bummer for everyone involved uh, and didn't do that licensing. So
3: I I always wonder if they're like fonts that I bought in college, like ages ago. I don't have that license anywhere. I don't have an email address anywhere. Like I always envision, like, <laughs> yeah, I always envision like some like low, like subterranean, like New Someone's York, like like, like like office where it's like like just like a man or woman just at a counter and it's like files and like here's all the font licenses, just like yeah.
2: <laughs> just, just, just <laughs> dingy dungeon there. of
3: font licenses for everyone, and uh, yeah,
2: that is a good point, and also like. I've also had to check myself where like I bought a font for like, I don't know, one to three users. And like, I think I might be over, like I had to go and rebuy oh, yeah. that license. Cause I realized like I was like at six or seven and I only bought the wrong license or the the, <laughs> the, the the standard license, which is easy to forget. Right. If you buy a font like five years ago, I don't know. I can't, I don't know how many, or how did I've you, it might, on. you might have it, but how
0: did you get it? You know, <laughs> <laughs> back in the day <laughs> yeah, whatever everyone was, you know, sharing, uh, uh, you know dumb drives like oh I think I got it maybe from that but it yeah. looks real <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so i I like the idea of like calling the place talking to the maybe the folks that you've you've bought in the the most recent ones from doing the due diligence to make sure it's good you know and and setting yourself up for new kind of a new a, a new way of kind of looking at fonts and everything from this this day forward you know so it's good yeah well, man, I think we've just about covered everything. <laughs> that was fantastic.
1: That was fun. Um,
0: we're adding. We're going to add a little bit of a, a challenge to this for our listeners, thanks to this fantastic um, kind of partnership with Type Together. Um, they are offering a incredible free bundle of almost seventeen, I think seventeen different fonts mm-hmm. that you guys get to mess around and play with. And this is our first DGDC challenge. You are going to. Be asked to pair two of the fonts together, put together a fun, fictitious brand or a saying or a quote or anything you want to do, show how you're going to get these two fonts in harmony and post it on Instagram. You're going to tag both us, DGDC pod, and type together. They can be found at type underscore together on Instagram and add the hashtag DGDC challenge. And let's see what everybody came up with. I think it would be a fun way to see if people can kind of take into what we mentioned and pair some of these fonts. It'd be a fun exercise to see what everybody does. We'll partake in it. I've already downloaded the fonts.
2: Yeah. <laughs> They're legit fonts, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I
3: was perusing through, and they've got some really, really rad stuff on there. Um, yeah, I picked
2: up a couple last week because uh, they just had stuff like that, that Lima or Lima, whatever. I oh, I love that of. font. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like a stencil script, and it's so dope. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. yeah. It's great. Yeah. So
0: not only are you getting this bundle, guys, but there is a fantastic discount code of 40% off any of your purchases, and you can only be used until October 15th. So that is your deadline. You're going to use the code DGDC in all caps and fonts. In lowercase dgdc fonts 40% off anything you want to buy from their site again I love finding those those sites that have originality great stuff that's like maybe different than what you were expecting and that's everything I found on there so you got a link to some free ones 15 uh, 17 different fonts and a 40 percent off uh, code to use for any purchases on that this is cool too, guys. We want to bring you not only folks like Matt to talk about specific things, but sponsors that will do things like this to kind of really enhance the whole experience. And we couldn't thank uh, Type Together enough for this uh, for partnering with us. So, what a great episode! Any final words, guys?
3: I'm I'm just excited to see these pairings
0: from
1: (laughs) 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 me too. That that's going to be fun. That's going to be fun. And I'm just stoked about the partnership component of all this too. That's really, really sweet
0: for us. Definitely. Thanks to uh, looking them up on Adobe max and seeing that they were a sponsor as well. So um, again, great stuff. And hopefully this is going to help you guys with your font choices and everything else. Uh, we'll have some follow-ups because I know this management thing is going to be a quite an issue down the road for <laughs> file management and everything. And we'll we'll, we'll start I have spearheading so that kind of episode. But.
3: Yeah, this is great. Yeah. Thanks again for coming out uh, yes. on board for this
0: one, Matt. We look forward to having you again for the next one.
3: Sounds yeah, good. Yeah, thanks,
0: Matt. Bye, guys. Really cool. Bye. <music> well, guys, we did a, a really cool thing before recording this, we put out a cool little survey, and we asked some of our friends and you guys, the listeners, to join in and help us out with not only maybe like, I think, Jordan, you worded a perfect Desert Island font. What font would you use for the rest of your life <laughs> if you could only use one? Yeah. <laughs> that was kind of cool. And then we also wanted to see what people would like to chime in on on how they select the right fonts. What advice can they give? And we got some good ones. We start with a, kind of a no-name in the business. Um <laughs>
2: he hasn't done much he's an (laughs) up-and-comer yeah
0: Yeah. another mike on the list michael beirut thank you for (laughs) for chiming in on this uh that was awesome of him michael tells us with regret he has to say helvetica is his number one font i think i would have i think we could have predicted that he's quite the ambassador for it in so many ways yeah (laughs) makes sense right
2: yeah um and his tip was great. I mean, uh, strike a balance between appropriate and surprising, and take a risk. Yeah, I mean, uh, cuts right to the point. Um, the next one on the list, Brandon Moore. Yeah, uh, you can find him at Be More Creative on Instagram. Yeah, favorite font. I haven't heard of this. I, I might be. I, I might have to
0: look I, this one up.
2: Fira Sans, maybe Fira or Fira. Fira? Yeah, F I R A. Um, Apparently, it's got a large family with many weights and can be used for headlines, body copy, super flexible and fairly timeless, which are all big things when choosing a desert island font.
0: And and his tip is to consider the history, the culture and the personality of what you're representing. Then go with your gut. And I think that's kind of like I love that idea of like get all the information, get all your data, do all your research. Close that and now go and just do with what you've learned.
2: Very good. With any takeaway from the episode, like I think font choice selection is, you know, half fundamentals and half vibe, whatever that is. Right. Yeah. Who do we got next? Michael Tabby. Man, I hope that's the right name. Uh, His handle is Mike Tabby, T-A-B-I-E. His desert island font is Din. Great fonts. Uh, And the tip Nuanced details and subtle quirks are best. Sometimes overly elaborate display fonts are too much, which, yeah. yes, I couldn't agree more with that.
0: <laughs> we agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, uh, a good buddy of ours, uh, Matthew Wolf. You know him from the LAFC logo. That's probably one of the – a ton of great stuff for Nike. He's at, at Wolfmat. His favorite font, Futura, he calls it a warmer, friendlier Helvetica. And I totally agree. When you can find those, those fonts that help you out a little bit more than just Helvetica, why not, right? Mm. And his tip is to take your time, obviously, and don't force it. I think sometimes, too, I, I still have that habit of wanting to force that to jam it into something where I'm not taking my time, maybe, because the, the the deadline or something, but great tip, great tip.
2: Yeah. Uh, We got Chad Stevens next. His font of choice for the island is Aramis. Arami? I am not sure about that one. Aramis, Aramis. maybe? Uh, Could be. Like the cologne? (laughs) But apparently it is a clean font family with plenty of personality, but also unique. He does a lot in signage. That's cool. Yeah. Using the ADA. Interesting. So sans serif is necessary. That makes sense, right? For any sort of disability. They say sans serif is much easier to read. Also, if you like ligatures, lots and lots of ligatures, which I do like ligatures. Uh, And apparently, you know, his number one tip here is after talking with the client to get an idea of what they're wanting to convey, uh, he creates a small mock-up of the project with several fonts that he he has in mind to use. He types them up, uses information, starts playing around with the fonts to see which works best with the initial idea. Uh, This is all keeping brand guidelines in mind.
0: Definitely good. Yeah. Next up, uh, she's a superstar. Ex-student <laughs> of mine, Liz Melendez. Uh, you can find her at Liz the Creative on Instagram. Her favorite font, P22 Mackinac Pro.
2: Is this <laughs> new to you? <laughs> yeah. It sounds, yeah, exactly. It sounds like I a, love that.
0: I thought it was like Macklemore or something. <laughs> 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 she calls it a soft serif. And it has the classiness that you want while still maintaining a sense of modernism and seems to tie it all in together for her. Uh, she often tries to find any excuse to use it. I'm very much Guilty. that way with a few as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, she sees the fonts for other brands and uses them within her same field category. So basically... Uh, You'll find the common ones that are out there and the ones that stand out. Also a good way is to see how she can um, intertwine these different styles and ultimately make a choice on the font that is still appropriate for the brand while being different to stand out from the rest. That's, I think we kind of tapped on that a little bit in the episode too. That's always the key. Love that.
2: Totally. Uh, Chad DeWild is next. You can find him at Wild and Co. His work is amazing. Uh, He's a buddy. And, um, his desert island font is Gotham. I think I might share that island with him. It's such a good font family. Yeah, family. It's steadfast. I, I totally get that. Um, one of his major tips is, you know, aside from picking a font that fits the vibe of the project, uh, he makes sure that he hasn't used the font on recent projects. Uh, sometimes that can, you know, he can tend to dig a certain font. And if he's used it more than, you know, once in the last three projects, it might start to creep more and more into work, which I relate to that so oh, pretty much. It's, (laughs) I mean, I have to check myself. If I find a new fun font, like I want to use it on everything. This is a good tip of like restraint is is key and also again everything comes back to sticking with the brand guidelines yeah Using I lo- I'm
0: gonna have to write that point down because I'm a culprit <laughs> of that as well in the fonts on my arm <laughs> <laughs> or just delete it from the computer
1: <laughs> put a child uh, lock
0: on it yeah last up is Sarah Fisher you can find her at Sarah Joanne Fisher on Instagram she chose Scala Sands uh, the letters are perfectly weighted and they have a bit more personality which works great as a display in display sizes uh, when it's used small it's still very legible has some cool angles on the letters uh makes it almost act like a serif font which makes it easier to read i love those ones that have like maybe a little bit of a touch of the serif to kind of Mm -hmm. give it some sense of um kind of readability just works so well for on so many different applications her tip is basically think about who is going to be the main audience of the project of that brand uh what font is going to help them understand the key message of what you're trying to say in the best way, outstanding, Jordan. Question for you: What's your desert island font?
2: It's tough, man. I mean, I, I'm a Gotham boy. I, yeah. I, I really do. Or Futura. Essentially, you know, if I choose something to bring on, it's got to do. It's got to be able to do everything, which is for me comes down to like legibility number one, and then how dense is that weight family? Mm-hmm. I want compressed, and I want you know ultra thick. Heavy, whatever it is, the widest set they got. I want everything in between. And I think Futura does that really well. How about you, Nick?
0: I am a fan of Uniform. Uniform, I don't know where I found it, how I got it. I did buy it because I did catch it somewhere. But to me is, I think everyone wants that Helvetica alternative, right? I think like you were saying, it's Futura and everybody else kind of has that thing. And Uniform has... Twelve different, I think, varieties. So ha- they have. Oh no, actually, I have more than that. So I have uh, uniform, regular. I have uniform, condensed, and uniform, extra condensed. And in each one of those, there's six weights. And mm-hmm. I think it is just the ultimate kind of like you can make something out of it. You can start with it, but it can also be a great one for menus for other things when you need to have a slightly condensed one where it doesn't get thick and thin. It stays very consistent with it. Yeah, um, and as and it's one of those ones you can use often but it's not so characteristic that it will start looking like you're using the same font over and over again.
2: Yeah, you want that something diverse. That makes the most sense, man. I mean, there it is. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's
0: it from our uh our listeners and our friends of the podcast. We hope you enjoyed that. That was thank you guys so much for doing that. We'll be asking for a lot more of this stuff in the future.